0: Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest latest episode even of escapes in discussion. Uh, today, I've got the warm pleasure of being joined by uh, late district-based photographer Colin Bell. Good evening, Colin. Evening, Ewan. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Tuesday, it's middle of winter still, so um, hopefully when we see some lighter days in, in the in the coming weeks and maybe a bit of drier weather, uh, I've not seen any snow, unlike I think the rest of the UK, but. Um, that's lockdown privileges for you. So obviously, many of you will know Colin's Colin's work uh, and his book, Healing, which is, I think, a book I received many emails about asking where you can get a copy. And um, for those who don't know Colin, he's obviously based up in the Lake District, and um, spends a lot of time Cheshire, Lake District photog- photographing there. Um, his background and career is in video games, which I'm sure you'll maybe talk about in more detail. So before we go on to talking about uh, Colin's book, Healing, um, it'd be great, Colin, if you could maybe just give a, a bit of a background and introduction to your your work, your photography and your ph- photographic journey.
1: Thanks, Ewan. And thanks so much for having me on. I've, I've had the pleasure of listening to a few of the episodes now and I've really enjoyed them. Um, i not in... So normally I would listen to podcasts while on train journey or commuting. And of yep. course, none of that is happening at the moment. But nevertheless, I've spent many an evening having to listen, winding down from work. So thanks for having me on.
0: Thank you. My pleasure.
1: Well, I, I'm gonna correct you on one thing. I actually I'm actually I actually live in um Cheshire. Right. So but we have a static caravan up in the Lake District. So and we've had that for Since two thousand and five, which is why most of my photography is based up there um, at weekends and uh, holidays, etc. We we're a very boring family in terms of holidays. You know, we we've been to the Lake District and um, we've been to the Lake District. You know, you you get the picture. Um, So yeah, we 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 spend a lot of our time up there. Um, As you said my background is my professional background is in um, video games development over well maybe 33 34 years something yep. like that so it's a it's a long time back in the back in the days when a pc could do four colors and yeah. no more you know 3 <laughs> 320, 320 by 200 resolution yes. so uh, it's a long long time changed these indeed yeah so and and I started off as a programmer so um And through the years, um, I've kind of, I hate to use the word risen because, you know, there are people that stay as programmers and they're absolutely amazing and could be, you know, much better than I could ever have hoped to be. But I've gone through various roles um, within the games development industry. In 2003, I set up my own company, Juice Games, and we developed racing uh, racing games for consoles. Um, yep. Prior to that, we developed flight simulations um, for PC. And, and so I've gone through various different roles. And, and currently, I, um, I have a, a consulting business that works with lots of games developers okay. um, throughout the UK and, yep. and now a few in the US. So um, yeah. it's really interesting work. Yeah. Um, and okay. it's a, it's a very... Very bit, creative,
0: yeah, a, a creative industry and a very fast changing industry as well. I would imagine
1: it is, and it's one of those industries that every five or six years it pulls the rug from its own feet by launching new consoles, yeah. you know, <laughs> re- replace um, you know, 30 40 million user base with zero and start again. So, and managing that transition has been, um, you know, it's one of the challenges in the industry, yeah. Um, and how how did i get into photography um well I, as i've mentioned um video games is a creative thing my, my kind of input into generally creative video games is now 15 16 years ago you know b- before i get to the stage where yeah people are much better at that kind of stuff than i ever was so um and I had, um, I, and this is something that I, I, I've heard people on your podcast say as as well before. But it's relevant. Um, it's relevant when we come to discuss the book. But I developed a, um, and a kind of ear based uh, issue called Meniere's disease, which yes. is, if, if people are not aware, it it has many different um, symptoms. It, it took four years to diagnose. You know, it's it's one of those complicated things where it's tinnitus. It can be um, severe vertigo, as in severe dizziness. Yeah. Um, It can be hearing loss. um, Yeah, all of those things. Um, And and that started for me in around about 2004, 2005. And by about 2010, it had got to the stage where it was very difficult for me to work. I I had a, a game studio that had 100 people in it. Um, and it was, you know, I would be sitting in a meeting with six or seven people and then I'd be able to partake and hear what was going on. And then five minutes later, I generally wouldn't be able to hear anything at all.
0: Yeah. And,
1: it, and it becomes really stressful if it's your own company and, Absolutely. and um, yeah, people are depending on you. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a difficult time and I, I took some time off work. a couple of years and that that's you know when i started getting genuinely into photography around about 2010 the canon 7d at the time and you know at the weekends up in the lake district i would just go out um and i I just found it a um I'm, i'm gonna hate to use this word but a healing process you know because it was it was time that i could just spend um i it i didn't depend on anybody else to do anything yeah. i didn't have to talk to anybody i didn't yeah. you know as um i could just walk around um notice things photograph things take them back home um, and spend time in lightroom or, or, or whatever and, and yeah. you know looking at the images so it was um it, it, it was a really interesting thing to get into photography wise and more than anything else if you forget the actual end result the um just the spending time in the landscape you know three or four hours at a time which was the best thing yeah um and, and in those first few years it was really just about um yeah I did the usual things in the Lake District that I took photographs of the same things that people have taken photographs for many many years and, and will continue um, to do so yeah and, and you know and, and that that's um yeah, and people learn a lot through doing it you yeah. learn a lot about technique you don't have to think about composition so you can concentrate on you know image quality and you know all those kind of technique things that, yes. that people like to get right
0: yeah but no yeah your your book obviously was published in 2017 and i think there's a culmination of three three years work and i'm just uh, really interested to know where the idea and inspiration for the project came from
1: yeah interesting i as i said i i, I took a lot of individual photographs in those first few years and um, i'm sure people will kind of recognize this but sometimes I, w- I would get up early on a sunday morning and i would drive to the end of the road. And then yeah, I could turn left or right. I could turn left and go to constant, I could turn right, go to Ambleside, Vrasmere, onto Keswick. And you would look at the sky, you would think that the sun's rising, you know, in 10 minutes, oh, yeah. you know, we <laughs> need to find somewhere, you know, and, and you, <laughs> the you go through all, yeah, you go through all that um, um, stress, if you like, which was, you know, after a couple of years, I, I suddenly started to think, well, you know that that's not it's not really doing me any good you know yes. um it's <clears throat> not quite as relaxing as I wanted wanted it to be you know yeah. I, I would get somewhere and think uh perhaps it would have been better if it had have gone Ellsworth. somewhere else yeah you know? yeah so I, I had a um I used to meet up with a photographer friend Justin Nugent and we we have a chat over coffee and I was telling him exactly this situation you know um I'm just fed up of getting to the end of the road looking at the sky and thinking it's going to be great over there I'm going to go there and um and as I chatted to him I just um literally on the on a whim almost said Thirlmere people don't photograph at Thirlmere much I, I'm gonna I'm gonna spend all year and photograph at Thirlmere and that takes away that kind of um decision making where, yeah. where am I going to go today because I'm going to go to Thirlmere and and that's how the first part that was 2014 and that's how the first kind of project started really that, that ultimately became part of the of the book yeah and so that year I just um I, I did exactly what I said I kind of spent time at Thirlmere which actually in in hindsight it was quite a big you know thermomis you know uh, I'm not entirely sure, but maybe five miles long or something. You know, it's not. Yeah. Um, it, it's not a small area, but yes. It, it, nevertheless, I think the most important thing was, apart from one photograph, which we'll talk about later. I wasn't trying to copy anybody's images. Yeah, yeah I, I I was going there, and my goal was spend time walking around. You know, sometimes I would walk around and you know my mood would be um optimistic and then on optimistic days I would tend to look out for vistas and you know,
0: yeah. Um, yep.
1: Those kind of wider landscapes and but I'm also very introspective and you know, quite happy walking along in my own company, look staring at the front the floor, yeah. you know, staring at um trees in particular, you know, that kind of thing and um and so my, the kind of photographs that I took often depended on, you know, what kind of mood I, I was in.
0: Yeah. Well, that's it. It's, it's, it's a wonderful, the book, it's a wonderful blend of the vistas, the wider landscape, but then also the beautiful intimate details and on the, that are lying on the woodland floor or just right in front of your eyes as well. That could be in any woodland
1: really. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I really loved the, the... One of the things that um, influenced me, if you like, was yeah, I kind of rebel against the social norms, if you like. And yeah. um, so, you know, I've been on Instagram for since it started, more or less. And, 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 you know, my first, you know, two, three, 400 photographs were what Instagram was designed for initially, which was just everyday life this is what i yeah. did but, yeah. but you know, it then transformed into more of a kind of portfolio showcase area and what you'd find is i mean how many images can you scroll past in a five if you've spent five minutes on instagram you can scroll two, 300 photographs you know yeah. easily spending one or two seconds on um or if that you know Indeed, on, yeah. on a photograph you know um you scroll, you double tap, you scroll, scroll, scroll. And I really enjoyed creating images. And this only applies to a very small proportion of mine, but um, that made somebody stop even for for a second. Yeah. As if to say, well, actually, I I, I can't process that image in one second.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I I need to spend time and work out what it is or work out, Uh, how it's been done or work out. You know, I, I really love that kind of image. Um, but I, they're they're also the images that I, um, you know, that are the hardest to do because they're not, they're not the most obvious things to do sometimes require tricks of the light tricks of perspective, tricks of scale where people don't know how far things are away or or, or what have you. So, um, yeah, I, I love making those images and there are a few of those in the book. Um, I, I generally find those the hardest to do. Uh, or I wish I could do more of those.
0: Yeah. So obviously, when when you started out with the with the with the project in two thousand fourteen, was the was the intention always to produce a book, come the end of it, or or was it or was it very different? Because you you obviously talk about in terms of the relationship from healing to the landscape and also to your, your personal well-being and did it start out more of a project and obviously you talked about your first first year photographing primarily or only through, through and then moving on to other locations so was it did the book follow during the process of of capturing the body of work
1: the I didn't first so the first time I thought about doing a book was 2016 so it would have been two years after starting the first project and yeah and you know I didn't I didn't set out at the very start to make a co- cohesive hopefully body of work yeah um, and, a, and a set of projects that felt cohesive enough to put into it into the same book. I didn't set out to do that at all it just came it just kind of inch by inch just yes. became and, and and you just gain a little bit more confidence that you're doing the right thing um you know when, when I spent the year photographing at Thirlmere, I really enjoyed doing that but I wanted to find somewhere else to do the same thing and, and yes. so I just kind of moved on to um to home fell and and hocksgold quarry and, and that whole area um, and i and and really um i really enjoyed finding a new place and again it was it was quite even though a is quite a small fell in Lake district terms, it's still two or three miles you know by two or three miles a whole area i mean it's it, you know it's quite it's quite a big and varied place
0: a lot a lot of areas to explore and to actually get an understanding to how they react to different conditions. It's is obviously when you're looking at any new area but when you're primarily focused on one area it takes time to actually get an understanding of okay the conditions are like x today so i'm going to go and focus on maybe perhaps these areas i'll I'll walk around this this aspect because i know these sorts of shots might work Um, But i suppose when you've got a year or when you're committing yourself to a year you've got that time because you're hopefully going to see some repeating weather conditions or lights, et cetera, that allows you to to build up that portfolio of work over that time period.
1: Yeah, and uh, the, the home fell work spanned to just over two years and I started in 2015 and the last photograph I took was, I think, January 2017, actually made it into the book yeah. and I've been back since, but um, yeah, it, it was just a place that I enjoyed spending time, and I think that that's one tip I would give anybody is, um, you know, find find a place that you want to spend time, and, and if yeah. you can do that, then the photographs will come. You know, rather than going looking for a specific yes. photograph to take, if, if you enjoy being somewhere, um, you spend time there, it puts you in that kind of zen frame of mind you know you get into yeah. into a zone and you find the images will will well it. that's it.
0: and as you you touched upon earlier as well it's part of the enjoyment is just being out in the area so as you say, it, it links directly and if you're if you're in a location that you actually want to be there and you enjoy being there if you come home with no images you you feel as though you've still had a wonderful a wonderful morning out or a day out because you're being in the location that you want to be. Whereas if you're forcing the issue and you go somewhere specifically for the images in mind, you come back dejected, annoyed, frustrated. But as you say, yeah, somewhere that you just love being, you won't get images the first time, but you'll learn, you'll get a better understanding and the images, as you say, begin to flow and you'll find days that
1: you become very productive because everything just clicks for you. That's right. and And also, even on the bad days, You can find, um, you know, a scene or a composition that you can come back to. There's so many images in the book where, um, you know, they they look as if, I mean, they are in really nice and perfect conditions, but I've taken so many of them twice beforehand in, in the pouring rain just because... You know, you find the scene. You take you take a a couple of versions of it. You analyze it, and then when the nice conditions come, you've done the hard work, kind of thing. So, yeah, uh, it's rare that I do talks to to clubs, but occasionally I do talks, and quite often people will just say to me, "So, uh, you know, have you got a mist machine, or have you got, you know, do you only ever go out in good conditions?" And you think, "Well, no." No, I go out in all conditions, but you know, the photographs that make it into a book are usually the ones that are taken in the best conditions, but they're built upon all the time you spend out with the umbrella or just, you know, trudging on yeah. a hot day even or, or or whatever.
0: Yeah. Well that that's it. It's not just a quick fix overnight. It's it requires the work and effort to 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 build up the, the knowledge to get the shots that you want, knowing when the conditions are going to going to be Perfect, but uh, I liked uh, as we were saying before, just before we started. I like in uh, your introduction you sum up your collection, the book, in two words: beauty despite. I'd love to know just some more of your your thinking behind that and
1: how you would expand on that. Yeah, you you, you mentioned that beforehand, and it, it took me. I, I I do remember that two word summary. Um, as to how it came out I think I think I like distilling things into very short I mean you know this podcast notwithstanding I'm a man of few words I'm, I'm not I'm not particularly verbose on any social media I'm not a verbose person I don't write a lot uh, yeah. I like to see things in but very succinctly and um, Beauty Despite came about because of all of the three projects um, Thurlmere, Homefell, and Hodgecropes and then the Dead Lake at that They were all places that had been um had intervention, you know, yep. by so Delamere was created as a as a reservoir from an absolutely beautiful um valley in the in the lake district at the time. And Hodge Close was scarred landscape from slate slate quarrying. Yeah. And the, and and the effects of that were felt higher up in into the and in, onto home fell and dead lake at delamere was was created as a um like an aesthetic lake small small lake um it has no inflows or outflows, and so it just becomes this kind of black um you know it's quite a small area dead lake but um and and so yeah beauty despite came about because despite all intervention by you know us humans yes um there's absolute beauty everywhere to be seen yeah and you know some of the um some of the images and some of the scenes that you see at hodge close where you see trees growing out of the most in inhospitable environment it's um it's incredible to watch and incredible to see that um it, it can be a little bit cliche but you know that nature Returning back to nature is uh, a, a lovely thing to photograph. Yeah, it's very, very uplifting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I really, uh, I, it's personally one of my favourite books. I think I've got on my shelves. I, I, I think it's been beautifully produced, and the the collection of the body of work within it, it just sits, it sits so well together. The, the, the muted tones and so many of the images, and just the atmosphere that you're conveying. Um, with the mist and the rain, it's it's just uh, it's it's really nice. There's no real other words to describe it. Well, I'm sure there probably are. But are there maybe three or four images from the book that have a particular connection, particular mean a lot to you, or or were particularly challenging to to get? Um,
1: interesting, interesting question. Um, I would one of the I, I like to cho- choose. Oh, I like to kind of think about the images that were tricky to take, I guess. Um, so Tree of Pearls, there's one in there called Tree of Pearls, which is um, it's, it's, a, it's a photograph of a, uh, a tree on the edge of a quarry. And it's completely defocused or it's it's shot at f2.8. So there's a yep. very, very shallow depth of field. It's, yep. it's actually quite difficult to see what the photograph is. And the reason I love that photograph is because a week before then, I'd been up walking um, with my youngest son, I say youngest son I mean he's 22 now so what would have been maybe 14 or 15 or something you know yeah. I mean we went walking and in the in the pouring rain I've on my phone somewhere I've still got a picture of him soaking wet but with a rainbow behind him you know <laughs> one of those and we had a great walk up there and the, he he um being being a, um, what, he'd be Generation Z maybe, I think. And, you know, being that type, he doesn't have a camera, he just has his phone. phone. You know, and yes. He would be just taking photographs all the time. And he, he said, we were on the walk and he said to me um, about the, the the droplets on the trees, yeah, how, how visually spectacular they are in when you see them in real life reflecting all the light. And then yep. you take a photograph of it and nothing, you don't see anything. You yes. you lose all of that beauty somehow. And um, I kind of spent some time thinking about this and how how you could how you could make more of those features. And that and that's what happened with tree of Pearl. So that that wasn't raindrops. It was dew. It was an early morning
0: lovely
1: shot. Dew drops on the on the branches of the trees. And um, I was a, a kind of fan of. Um, Oh, yeah, I <laughs> forgot his name because he's disappeared off social media. Russ Barnes, Russ Barnes. Well, yeah. So Russ Barnes, I've been a fan of his work, and he he used to do quite a lot of shallow depth of field work, and he had a tilt shift that, that he would creatively yep. use, and I I love those kind of images, and I was inspired by that that kind of thing, um, to shoot this image at uh, a really shallow depth of field. So yeah, what, and, and what it does is it it enlarges the droplets in some areas and these pinpoint sharp sharp, droplets in other areas. And it's just one of those things that, um, again, it's talking about before the, um, the the photographs that make people stop and try and work out what it is. And I suspect many people looking at that don't quite realize the patch of dark blue at the bottom is actually the water at the bottom of the the quarry. Yeah. Um, you know, that, so that, so that that would be the first one that I would choose, and and that's because it's association with, you know, walking up in the Lake District and how that how the image came about. Yes. You know, you, how how you trigger a conversation and use that to spark something different in your yep. photography. Um, I, I mentioned before that there was one image at Selmer that I, re not not recreated, but I, I wanted to take a specific photograph. Yeah. And. So, so what that was, was, um, and again, I'd advise anybody to do this. If you're spending time somewhere, you want to find out a bit more about the the area and the history of the place. And Thirlmere was created in the late 1880s, 1890s. And so I went to the museum that's at Ambleside to yep. kind of research the background into... Yes into Thelma into and how it was created and they, I stumbled across this archive of photographs from that period um, and a chap's name was Herbert Bell no, no relation to me but um, so I stumbled across the, all these photographs of, of Thelma before it was Thelma. there were okay. two bodies of water during by kind of you see these photographs of a, a lovely pakos bridge going over the stream between an absolutely beautiful place and there was one image in that um that that library's kind of archives it, it was um it was of a rock and i always describe this as being um, like wily coyote, you know, roadrunner, where you'd see on the top of a hill, and you'd see this massive rock, and you'd imagine yeah, Wiley yeah, coyote yeah,
0: pushing it over to
1: kind of push it over. And so there was this this rock a um, film. I mean, massive. You know, it's probably ten ten feet. It's just an erratic that's kind of perched on the edge of a yep. hill. And I wanted to start seeing this, and you know, you think, wow, that was eighteen. Must have been eighteen seventy. That photograph was taken. You know i wonder if it's still there oh, yeah. so I, you, yeah you kind of work out where it is i found somebody else who'd taken a photograph over and I thought, right it's definitely still there i'll go up and find it and so um i went up there um i went up there a couple of times to, to, to find it and work out the kind of best um Best time of day, the best, yep. the best photograph. It was one of those vista. Uh, there are not that many vista shots in the book, but it, this was one of them. It's a kind of panoramic image cool. made, yep. made of five or six images all stitched, stitched. together. Yeah, um, and, and so I specifically went there to take that shot. And um, I quite well, I say quite often, I occasionally share that photograph on social media, and I share my version of it, and then the version from. Um, from 1870 or so and so it's somewhere on my website if people want to go and look it is you you will find that old picture very good and it's it is the most beautiful photograph um you know you it's got everything in it. it's it got it's got a lovely vista the composition is amazing um and yet you know 100 and 50 years later or, or whatever, you know, it, I took a similar photograph. And you can't make the same composition because it's, it's all trees in the way and yep. all that kind of stuff. So uh, I, I really enjoyed making that photograph. And then I I enjoyed the association back, that to, came, yeah. Yeah, back, back to them. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, one other, I suppose I would choose one from Delamere. Um, The Delamare Project, um, which one, there's there's one called The Path of Life, which um, I choose that because it kind of represents the transient nature of things. Because I I took a photograph, it's on the left-hand side of the image is Dead Lake. um, And on the right-hand side of the image, there's a kind of footpath through, and there's some pine needles that have dropped and create this lovely red carpet. Um, and in, in in kind of mystical conditions, r- really nice conditions. And it was one of those where I, I remember putting it on social media, and and somebody commented on it saying, because in the middle oh, on the right hand side of the photograph there's this yep. big pine tree trunk going up. Yeah. And he, he, the guy put a comment on saying, um, "Oh, it's a shame that pine tree trunk's there." You know, because the other trees are kind of native, you know, uh, birch and oak trees and things like that. Yeah. And you've got this. Uh, and, you know, my response was, well, without that pine tree, you wouldn't have the pine needle floor that, that really makes the image. Yeah. And so um, <laughs> you, you have to kind of work. You work with what's there. Absolutely. Yeah. I've been I've been back to that spot. Um, since taking that photograph, and there's, there's no way that you could make that photograph now because it's so overgrown with brambles and it's mm. like. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's an impossible shot to to recreate. Yeah, and, and I quite like that. I, li- I quite like to be able to take photographs that um, that people can't recreate. Sometimes it's because things grow. Other times it's because the, there's a couple of shots at there that were taken when the water was really yeah. high. And so there's only certain yes. time of the year that you'd be able to take
0: <clears throat> a uh yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Lovely. It's it's always I think it's always very interesting, particularly for people who are listening in, when you can when you can look and listen to some tales about the specific, about some specific images because you you can read various things on websites about people's work and in books. But I think to actually hear background to some images and just the, the level of work that's involved in the association and, and what it means it's obviously you talked about the the discussion with your son which brought on the the image with the the water droplets which yeah. it's a it's a lovely it's a lovely story it tells a lovely tale but you without hearing that being told you would never have that association or understanding as to how that came about and yeah. um, now obviously this is a book this is a book you self-published so once you had the body of work, how easy was it to distill it down to a sequence that you were comfortable with, and and, and I suppose an image count that worked for the sorts of uh, sort of publication you were looking to produce?
1: Yeah, it was. Um, I I absolutely loved the process of self-publishing. That's the first thing to say. Right. I, I I really enjoyed the whole thing, and I took it seriously. I think I think that's why I loved it because I I you know distilled the whole thing into all the different you know concept in i suppose in the same way that you know i've spent my whole life in video games and yes. video games has been um it's been the domain of big publishers you know for, for a long time you know triple a products um yeah. in the last 10 or 15 years because of Things like Steam and the digital marketplace—it's been a, a lot more democratized, and so you've seen that transition from, or, or not, not transition, but a certainly emergence of self-publishing um, developers who, yep. who have been able to create the work and then being able to do the um, you know aspects of the publishing themselves. And so I've yes. seen this happen, and I was r- really interested to try and kind of mirror that thinking if you like um and there were people like triple Kite and a few others that that um as a photographer you kind of wait for the tap on the shoulder almost to say yeah. oh, we'd like to do a book with you and yeah at, at some point you have to say to yourself well if i don't believe in myself to do a book then why should anybody else believe yes. in it yeah and, and that process was quite um you know i'm i'm i had to persuade myself that the that the book that the work was worthy of a book yeah if you like and the, <laughs> and the way i did that um i know that james talked about this was i created a blurb book yeah um I, uh, it took me a weekend to do lightroom has a kind of book facility and i yes. I, I, I actually created a book that was like a finished product i even had a for you know a kind of introduction to it i had credits at the end i, yep. had, I did the whole thing because i, I wanted too. to see yeah i wanted to get the book back and think it is is my work good enough to 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 sell as yep. you know I, i'm playing the role of the um you know the a and r person who's who's looking at somebody's work and going is that you know do I want to publish that kind of thing you know, yeah you put that, that hat on um and so I really enjoyed the process of, of going through each phase, the concept work, the prototyping, um, the collaboration, because the book is it's not just my work. It's also the work of um, a poet called Dom Conlon, who's yes. yeah. a friend of mine and a colleague also from the video games industry. He's a copywriter from the video games industry that I've known for a long time. And um and so the collaboration with him was really exciting. And I, what, what I did with Dom was I produced the Blurred book. I, I, I produced two or three of them. And then I met him for coffee. I showed him the book and said, "You know, I really want to um, produce some poetry that, that sits yes. alongside some mm-hmm. of the images. And the, the um, inspiration for that was, again, going back to the Thirlmere Yep. um research was i found a whole bunch of poetry that was written Lovely. back in the day as, as almost a part of a protest against thermal being created yeah and so i again it's a bit like um it's a bit like the the totling stone image where i wanted to create something in the, the modern day that that drew on the experiences of the past yep. so I, I worked with dom in order to, to and there's not it's you wouldn't describe it as a as a a poetry book there're there nope. only a few pieces in there yeah. but they are really high quality and the, you know i loved the way that don looked at the photographs looked at the stories behind them looked at the sentiment that i wanted to get through and he, he produced some r- really great um, kind of accompanying accompanying text to go along alongside it
0: yeah i think i think the poetry works really well it, it slots in very nicely and it just it gives a it gives another another um experience to the user when you're going through it kind of puts you in the scene it puts puts you on location
1: and the the other um kind of collaboration i suppose is with joe cornish who who wrote the foreword for the yep. book and um again that was i you know to to have somebody with the standing of joe uh, contribute was fantastic i didn't know joe at all and so the, yeah. so i um i used um tim parkin who's who's an honorary scott now isn't he yeah in, absolutely with, yep. uh, um, cool. yeah so i i approached tim parkin i sent him a pdf of of a book um this was a few months before i launched it and and um I said, "Look, do you, do you think Joe would be interested in?" I, I what I never told Tim was that he was the backup option <laughs> if Joe didn't want to do it. But um, I, I don't think I've even—I don't think I've ever. If he listens to this, that would be news to him. But um, so I said to Tim, "Could could you would you mind just approaching Joe for me and just see if he's interested in their conversation?" Um,
0: yeah,
1: and he did that. I went up to. Uh, to Joe's studio and we we spent some time going through the book. He gave some really great insight in terms of preparing images for printing in books. And yes. um he you know he he gave some a good insight into the um sequencing and you know things like that. I really enjoyed that. He, it it was um the short time that I spent with him, but the words that he wrote at the at the start of the book yeah. were fantastic. You know Yeah. beautiful. He he really grasped it straight away. So and then, so that they were the kind of collaboration bits, but then it comes, you know, you've also got to think about the um, specification of the book, you know. And um, to the book, my, my book was printed at Wells Print In, yeah. which is Greg, Greg who, who yeah. does the Kozu series of books. And whereas Kozu are a publisher, for, for me, Greg was, uh, I'm going to use the word just, but I don't really mean that. But he was just the printer, if you like. So yeah. I, I was doing the design. Um, yeah. Greg must have been really fed up of me saying, What about if they use this paper? What if they use this size? Can yeah. you give me a quote for this? And I ended up with, you know, maybe 15 separate quotes that he did for me. And, and a lot of that was my naivety. You know, yes. it was about yeah. why is it when I do. 88 images it's this much when i do 90 images it doesn't cost any more if i do, yep. do, do you know what i mean you, yeah. you've got to get your head around
0: all the questions
1: yeah the, the size of the printing press how many images you can fit on a page Pe- if they're yep. you know my, my book was i think 300 by 240 but if i would have done it 320 by 240 it would have cost me twice as much because you know the, it's, a, it's the, an offset size yes that, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and so getting your head around all that kind of stuff was, um, it, it was challenging. difficult but yeah, challenging, but, um, quite rewarding when it suddenly clicks, you know, you yeah. think, ah, oh, right. And, um, so I kind of understand that a little bit more and Greg was great at, uh, um, helping with the spec and, and, um, and work it out. And then you have the design aspect, which is the book was done in, in design, which is something I'd never done before, but, I, but, in the whole concept of, right, well, I'm going to do everything myself. I kind of taught myself in design. Yeah. I tried to persuade Greg, surely I can just use Lightroom, you know, book thing. But yeah. he and he gave me all this spiel about uh, reasons why not yeah, yeah, ble- bleeding, blah blah blah. So so um, right, there's nothing nothing for it. I'm going to have to learn in design. So yeah, and that, that was. Um, again challenging but fun and rewarding
0: well the thing is it is rewarding and you you can retain total control over your book which is which becomes a very very personal project particularly when you're seeing it from start to finish it's it's something that you do you want to hand over this element to someone else where it's then out with your control and yeah you're not sure what will come back it'll probably be okay but if you do it yourself you know well, one, you know, it's your fault if it goes wrong. But 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 two, you maintain that control and you can you can spend as much, as many hours as you want to on it.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's right. I, I enjoyed the design bit. I think looking back on it, you know, I can pick holes in some of it, you know, you, with that, yeah. that degree of separation, you can say, oh, I wish I'd have done this or that. Yeah. But overall, I, you know, I was really happy with the with the end result
0: absolutely it's uh, it's as i've said it's a it's a lovely collection of images it's the the atmosphere i love the tones throughout it's it's really my sort of it's really work the style that i i particularly like i can't shoot it but i very much like it and it's it just gives you a lovely atmosphere particularly being in in the locations and i like that it's split down into three distinct projects areas as as you want as opposed to a scattergun of lots of locations which i am not saying is a bad thing but it just gives a gives a a real coherency to to the book as well which i think which i think is a wonderful thing and the the public the print quality and the image reproduction is comes across really really well and really represents your work beautifully and so i I take my heart to my take my hat off to you and i can see why uh, so many people who don't have a copy want to get a copy of it but um it's uh, maybe one day you'll do a second edition, but as a different, <laughs> maybe as, <one> in, day. <laughs> as a different story. So obviously, as you know, the podcast is all about books, um, and I'm always interested to hear what uh, books are the favourites of of my guests. So I'd be delighted if you could maybe share two or three of your of your favourite favourite books to be current favourites or books that you just happen you enjoy take inspiration from whatever, whatever they are and whatever the reasons are it's always very interesting as long as it doesn't cost me too much money
1: Yeah, uh, well the, this is uh, as I mentioned this is the only bit that I have prepared for because you, you let me know that you'd be asking this question and of yes. course I've heard it on the other podcast so it was quite interesting I'm not I'm not a kind of I don't have hundreds. I'm certainly not in your category of, uh, of collecting books, but I do have a number that I, I really like. And
0: um, Yeah.
1: The first one I would choose, and this is the one, that I don't know whether this is going to make you jealous or not, I'm not sure, but um I have a um, handmade book by Joseph Wright called mm. Steel End, which was, I think he only did 10 copies yeah. of them. Yeah. And... Um, this one is an artist proof coffee uh, copy and he sent it to me because Ste Steeland is an area of Thurme. And so Joe and I got talking about Thurme. He he goes up to the Lake District qu- quite a bit and he, yeah. he quiz quizzed me on the area and where <laughs> to go. And um he produced this absolutely beautiful kind of handmade book, or, like I say, series of ten. This was an artist proof and um absolutely really gorgeous photography um yeah so you know it's it's this this was mostly i think done on you know large format and so the tones in it are really beautifully subtle as yeah. is all those work and yeah i, I love this book because it's an area that i know well and you know i discussed with joe before he produced the work yeah and then uh, it was a complete surprise when this book arrived in the post with a a little thank you note into it for introducing him so
0: yeah very nice
1: that would be um my first choice yeah um yeah second choice is i don't have this here with me because it's up in um Up in our caravan in the Lake District, which we've not been able to visit for a while. Yeah, a long time. Um, But that's um, a book called *Intimate* by Hans Strand. Yeah. Um, It was, and and I hope, um, yeah, I I, I hope this is not, not. I hope it's okay for me to say, but it's a book that, in my opinion, the photography outstrips the format of the book if that makes sense the, yep. the book is quite um you know it's not it's not of the same kind of build quality as as say some other books yeah yeah that's the one um not the same kind of build quality as some some other books and but the photography in it is absolutely stunningly beautiful yep. um and again going back to the theme of Photographs that stop you scrolling, you know, down an Instagram feed or make you stop and look to see what, what it is. Well, it, it, it's one of the best, in my opinion, just, just purely based on the images that are in it.
0: Yeah, Hans, I, I really like Hans Strand's work, and it, they are images that make you stop and think and question yep. What what is that? How has it been taken? Has it been taken from up in a helicopter? Has it been taken from. Down on the ground and you the appreciation for scale goes, is it a huge area? Is it really just a square meter or something like that? It's yeah, really, really nice work from hands.
1: And then the um, so I've got four books. The yep. third one, I'm sure I've heard this mentioned before, and the pure size of it will will give it away when I when I show it. when yes, I show it to yep. you on the screen, but it's um Paul Wakefield's The Landscape, which... And, um, you know, there are a couple of things about the books that I really like. W- one is books as objects. You know, th- this is the one that sold it to me. Is the one that's... Uh, I, I just love... I, I, I have this out on the desk, you yep. know, right when I'm working, because, you know, it's just one of those that I like to flick through. It's a lovely yeah. thing to have out and about and look at. But the second one is that... um Paul spoke at an on landscape con- conference, conference, yeah, um, yeah a, a number of years ago now, and to listen to him because because landscape photography isn't his profession, but his profession is photography. Yes, and it was great to to listen to him, and he would say things like, uh, "Yeah, so, sometimes I go for um, many months without taking a single photograph because I don't feel like it," and that really touch something me because i i'm not um I, i'm not what you call a prolific photographer you know some some years it let, let's ignore 2020 for the moment for yeah. obvious <laughs> reasons but you know some some years i, I would take um m- maybe 8 to 900 photographs in a year um, sometimes i take a little bit more than that and sometimes i'd take a lot less than that you know i, I would i would yes. go through these kind of ebb and flows and in the in an environment where on a social media environment where people post photographs every single day and then and then post stories and then and i'm not criticizing that at all but it it was great to hear somebody make me feel okay about the fact that well um i i I only take photographs occasionally but i absolutely love it when i take them absolutely yeah
0: and that that's what it's all about it's for many of us, it's a it's a hobby, and it, you've got to get enjoyment from it. And it as soon as it becomes a pressure to pro, to finish work off for the benefit of others, for me, that's taking away the reasons for doing it. It's like much like yourself, I like standing on a beach, and if I take any pictures, great. If not, I'm standing watching the sun come up. It's probably a beautiful cold morning or yeah. a wet morning, and and that's that's the enjoyment.
1: And then um, my fourth book is um, by Alex Nail. Lovely. And this is, yeah, so it's Northwest um, by Alex Nail. And there are a few reasons, again. One is that they, if you talk about, I'm sure build quality is, is more more for cars than it is for books, but you know what I mean. The build yeah. quality of the book is phenomenal and it's a really beautiful thing. Yeah. But it also represents a genre of photography that, you know is beyond my capabilities beyond my fitness beyond my determination yeah. beyond my time commitments you know yeah. so it, it represents a whole um you know i can look at every photo photograph in that book and even though i don't know the stories behind them i, I know the effort that it's taken to get them it, and the, absolutely the, effort, the planning the um yeah, and, and every image in there is kind of flawless.
0: Yeah,
1: um, and and it just represents something that I could never do. So I I, I really enjoy that too.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, another another lovely book, and as you say, it's it's uh, it shows you the work and effort and the commitment to to getting those those shots when you're when you're doing maybe one location in a day or maybe a few if you can cover a couple of peaks at the same time. But it's a uh, it's not just popping around the other side of the lock and then yeah, waiting yeah. and then back down to the car. Well, it's, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you, Colin, about your work and about your book. It's uh, brought whole new insight for me to to the, the body of work that you produced, beautiful book. Um, and i just like to thank you very much for uh, giving up your time to talk to me. It's a real, real pl- privilege and pleasure.
1: Well, in this day and age, it's a pleasure to talk to anybody. So, I and that, that, that sounds terrible, doesn't it? But I've really enjoyed it, you and th- thanks so much for having me on.
0: No problem, pleasure. Thanks very much, Colin. Cheers.
1: All right, thanks.